Brother Ken, you, you talked about how your eye was affecting you. The book of Lamentations, it says, Mine eye affected my heart because of the daughters of my city. It's impossible to keep looking at things without having it have an effect on you. That you can, you can take that a lot of directions. But when we constantly pay attention to the evil and the struggle, and that overloads the input that feeds our faith, <laughs> then our spirit is going to be brought down. Consider Job. He's, he spent the bulk of that book which some people say is about nine months. You say, well, it wasn't very long then. You want to trade places with him? <laughs> but when he got to the 42nd chapter, he said, I have heard thee by the hearing of, my, of the ear, but now my eye <laughs> sees thee. It was a totally different situation when he didn't see all the trouble, the boils, the, the children dying, and the constant barrage of his friends trying to find what he did wrong to get in this situation. They meant well. They were way off. That's not the message for the night, but I just, I just did a little search there while you, when you said that, and it, uh, the eye affects us. And now we have 24-7 news that I've said a long time ago, it's not news, it's programming. Think this way, think this way, think this way. Turn it off. Pick up the book. <laughs> Get some good news in your life. Amen? There are all kind of news sources out there. But what we need is the good news. Amen? That same sweet spirit that's here in this house tonight was in the funeral home last night. I never wanted to give an altar call so much at a funeral as I did last night. And when we finished, I asked them just to hug one another. Just hug the person beside you. And I know that can get awkward. Some people like it. But what I felt happened with the tears that were being shed was not the grief, but it was a reaction to the presence of the Lord. And so that was my kindest altar call I could give. <laughs> Just hug somebody because I knew the power that was there if you just showed love to somebody because the love of God was in the room. Amen. And I thank you, singers, for making it 
possible that it happened. I'm going to try to finish this lesson tonight. And if it doesn't happen, it's still good. I'm enjoying it. I hope you are. Protected and persuaded. Ephesians 6 and 16, by now we ought to be able to quote it. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The apostle Paul, when he was talking about that shield of faith, by now we have figured out how important it is. And so if it's important, then we ought to guard it. Guard our faith. Faith is essential for us to please God. The Scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. It's impossible to live a victorious life without faith. Matter of fact, it's the entry level of our relationship with God. He that cometh to God must first of all believe that He is and that He is a rewarder. Unfortunately, many people stop at believing, but that's the entry. It's not only the entry level of our coming to know God and where some people stop, they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the end of everything happening in their life, spiritual. But for you and I, it should never be the end. Because Romans 12 and 3 said, To every man is given the measure of faith. So God has given us a measure of faith, and we'll call that the ability to have enough faith to get saved. Enough faith. Every man has enough faith to be saved. That's entry level. So what do you do after that? You've got entry level faith, but obviously it takes more faith to get beyond that. The apostle wrote in 2 Peter in chapter 1, when he was talking about what God gives us at salvation, he said, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The apostle said, this is what you have. And then he goes into the next verse, and he said, and besides this, <laughs> you mean there's more? <laughs> but he said, this part you got to get. He said, this part, you got to give yourself to 
to get it. He said, giving all diligence add to your faith. So I believe that what he is telling us, we have this entry-level faith. We have been given all things that pertain to the knowledge of God. And we have been given great and precious promises. But then he says, now your job, my job, our job is to add and be diligent about it. Add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind. He cannot see afar off. Hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the brethren, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Brother Brian found us some nice sayings to put up on the announcement thing. And he said, fall seven times, get up eight. The scripture said, if you do these things, you'll never fall. So we have to, there, there's something we've got to grow into. Has anybody fallen? I heard Brother Melvin fell at the gas station the other day. I told Brother Melvin, I said, you need to get your calendar and mark on there. He said, I can't find one big enough for every time I fall. I'm not talking about our physical falling. And sometimes spiritually, we fall often. You say, I want to get over that and I want to get beyond that. The scripture said, this is how you do it. You add these things in your life. You be diligent about your addition. Leave off the subtraction. (laughs) You're talking about guarding our faith. This faith that we have, this shield of faith, is beyond our ability to measure its value. So the first Peter, first Timothy chapter one, verse 19 said, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. If you put your faith away, your ship is going to crash. It's going to sink. And so you've got to hold on to your faith and a good conscience. The New English translation said it this way. To do this, you must hold firmly to the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck in regard to the faith. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 9. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. The New NIV said this way. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. There has been given to us 
great and precious promises. When we reflect on the promises of the Word of God, it encourages us or it builds our faith. And so the Scripture said, hold to these deep truths of the faith. I I think of when Gideon was hiding and threshing wheat because the enemy, if they found them, they killed them, they took their supplies and went away. And Gideon's doing what he can. And the angel appears to him and he says, Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, Who, me? <laughs> I'm hiding back here. But Gideon was doing something. He was trying to make things work. He was doing the best he could with what he had. He had to hide because the enemy would have come and gotten him. And Gideon begins to talk back to the angel And he began to rehearse to the angel that God had delivered Israel out of Egypt and God had provided for them. And he said it in a question. Where is the God that did all this? And the angel responded to him, you go in this knowledge, in this faith that you have. In other words, don't let anything ever steal what you know about God and what He has done for you and what you've heard Him do for others. Don't let anything rob that away from you. Hold on to your faith. We hold on to the faith and we hold on to the things that encourage us in the Lord. It's not just holding on to the truths of the faith, but it's also holding on to those things that develop our faith. Don't let a negative voice rise and stamp out your faith. Don't hang around those voices that will speak into your life and and they will tear down your faith. Just some people have a natural propensity to negativism. That doesn't help your faith. It will not grow your faith. It will tear down your faith. So you need to get around positive people. I'm not saying uh, a positive mental attitude. I'm talking about people that believe God is going to do what he said. People that are encouraged in the Lord. So that's one of those practical steps we take. We distance ourselves. Somebody said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So, where do you want to spend eternity? Evil associations, corrupt good manners. And so, you hang around the evil, it's going to affect your life. So, we have to guard our faith by making sure that the things that are coming into our ears, the things that are coming into our eyes, do not affect our spirit, do not affect our heart. Get around positive people, people that will speak the Word of God back into your life. We guard our faith by 
faithfully attending the house of God, coming into the house of worship, coming into the presence of God, hearing the word of God, hearing the songs that encourage us in the Lord. It strengthens our grip on our shield, our shield of faith. The love we have for that shield, the love we have for the Word of God will help us as we hear the preaching and we respond to the preaching of the Word of God. We guard our faith by limiting our exposure to the carnal and worldly influences around us. Be careful what you feed your soul on. Somebody said it many years ago. Don't hear it much anymore, but it's still true. Garbage in, garbage out. You take the wrong stuff in, then the wrong stuff is coming out. I think maybe the most dangerous thing that could happen to us. Many of us know all the things I just said. But if we're not careful, we will listen to the voices of the world. And we will not even feel the need to lift our shield. You see, the the darts of the enemy are the things that he speaks into our lives. And if we're not careful, we will become so comfortable with the lingo and the words and the message from coming from the outside. We won't even lift our shield of faith to defend ourselves. Guard your faith. I don't ever want to be in such a situation where I just don't even bother to protect what God has given me. I just don't feel like there's any threat. I've heard it too many times coming not from the world, but from our own ranks. Oh, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Have we been deceived to thinking... What did, what did they tell America when Khrushchev come, came to America years ago? He said, we will take America without firing a shot. Could it be that the enemy of our soul said, I'll take them without firing a shot because they won't feel the need to defend their faith? Let's pray for ourselves right now. Jesus. Jesus, help us. Oh, Lord. Whatever it takes, God, awaken us, Lord, to guard our faith, Lord. Let us not be deceived to thinking we don't even need to lift the shield to defend this faith, God. Jesus' name. We need to ensure that the voices and the influences in our life are those voices that encourage us to take a fresh grip 
and to lift the shield. Be careful who's sitting at your table. And then expand your faith. Expand your faith or grow your faith. Jude one twenty from the Amplified said, But you, beloved, build, up your, build yourselves up, founded upon your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. I likened it many times to the bodybuilder, but Jude said, build it like an edifice. Build your faith higher and higher. You ever wonder why they built cathedrals high? <laughs> You ever wonder why they built them with steeples and all of these things? Just look at all your old, I call them gothic-looking cathedrals. They're all very tall. And Jude said, build yourself. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you pray in the Holy Ghost? You talk in tongues. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians and he said, what's happened to you? He said, you began in the Spirit, but now you think you can perfect this thing in the flesh? I'm afraid sometimes in Pentecost, we, we're right there. We began with an experience in the Holy Ghost. We talked in tongues. But then pretty soon, we just decided we'd do it with education. We'd just know more. and We'd learn more. and We'd become more knowledgeable. But we can't leave behind that tongue-talking experience. Because it's still the Spirit. We're still people of the Spirit. We're born in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We live in the Spirit. We are empowered by the Spirit. We can't live without the Spirit in our life. Jude said, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it still works. (laughs) You want to leave a prayer meeting feeling like you can whip the devil? Just get in the Spirit. Begin to talk in tongues, and it'll happen. After all, one day I was talking to God, and I said, you know, God, I'd, I seem like to me I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing every time I talk in tongues. He said, well, is that you or me? I said, well, okay, I'll accept that. I didn't teach myself to talk in tongues. and So if it sounds the same to me, I'm talking in tongues. <laughs> Our trust in God 
should be greater today than it was last year. And as we move forward, our trust in him should be greater and greater. How will that happen? Sister Katie, how will that happen? You trust him more now than before the trial. (laughs) We trust him more now after we've come through the fight. And so we will, because we know it's a battle, we're talking about putting on the armor of God. We will experience more fight as we move forward, but that's where our faith will grow. The apostle wrote to the Thessalonians and he said, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Faith is like a spiritual muscle. You use it or you lose it. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sit on a pew and when are you going to exercise your faith? When are you going to exercise your faith? Brother Brian, what I really felt like should happen when you sent that prayer request is you should go in there and lay hands on him and command him to wake up. That's called exercising your faith. Just sorry I did it in front of everybody. But it's just, you know, I think, well, somebody ought to go do that. But God gave us this for us to use. And when we use it, it grows. Amen? So faith is not abstract. It is concrete. It's not simply to be fodder for theoretical or academic discussion. Faith is gritty. It is tenacious. It is the fuel for daily application of biblical principles in real-life situations. It is meant to affect us in the way we live and to shape every decision we make. Faith is a gift from God for which we are responsible. If... It should draw us to his feet regularly. It will equip us to see his enemies destroyed. If faith is simply a badge worn on our sleeve, it is not fulfilling its purpose. It's merely a one day per week item on our schedule. It is not protecting as it could. God gave us the shield of faith. Let me close with this prayer by an old Puritan preacher. He said in his study, he said, to culminate this segment of our study, I pray this prayer. O God, I bless thee that the issue of the battle between thyself and Satan has never been uncertain. And will end in victory. I thank thee that Calvary broke the dragon's head. And I contend with a vanquished foe. 
who with all his subtleties and strength is already, has already been overcome. When I feel the serpent at my heel, may I remember him whose heel was bruised, but who, when bruised, broke the devil's head. My soul with inward joy extols the mighty conqueror. Heal me, O God, of the wounds received in the great conflict. If I have gathered defilement, if my faith has suffered damage, if my hope is less than bright, if my love not fervent, if some creature comfort occupies my heart, if my soul sinks under the pressure of the fight, O Thou, whose every promise is balm, whose every touch is life, Draw me near to thy weary, draw near to thy weary warrior. Refresh me, O Lord, that I may arise again to wage the strife and never tire until my enemy is trodden down. Give me such fellowship with thee that I may defy Satan, unbelief the flesh, and the world with delight that comes not from a creature, and which a creature cannot mar. O Lord, give me a draft of the eternal fountain that lies at thy immutable everlasting love. Then shall my hand never weaken, my feet never stumble, my sword never rust, my helmet never shatter, my breastplate never fail. My strength shall ever rest in the power of thy might, and my faith shall shield me from every temptation. Amen. Let's stand together and let's pray together. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for the full complement of the armor of God. The shield of faith that we have studied for weeks, God. May, Lord Jesus, we never lay it down. We ever hold on to it. We use it in every direction that the enemy would come against us, Lord. And we ever remind ourselves that all the power resides in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.